Hello and welcome to Talking Foosball Extra, the Bundesliga show, your source for all things German football. And here on TFE, we believe that football is for you and me, not just pay TV. And you and me includes everyone, everyone. And uh, over the last few years, Bundesliga teams and Bundesliga Zwei teams have made great strides in actually providing audio commentary for blind people who enjoy going to football matches. And additionally, there's also something called blind football. And that is something Mike Rickemeyer, who you might know from the Ausstieg edition, is quite keen on. Uh, he enjoys it and he knows an awful lot about it. So welcome to the show once again, Mike. Hi, Nick. Thanks for having me on. And yes, I'm quite interested in blind football and it's a really, really interesting topic to talk about. It is. So blind football, can you explain how it works? Because, I mean, <laughs> deaf and blind people, they often have face a lot of prejudice as well. Can deaf people enjoy music? Can blind people enjoy football? Of course they can. So how do they play football, for those of us who don't know? Yeah, first of all, as a deaf, well... Most of us might imagine how that works. You can at least see the ball, you know where you should put it, and that's quite easy to understand. But for blind people, of course, the major issue is you don't see when the ball is co the, the ball is coming and you don't know where to, to put it. Uh, so the rules of the game are quite simple. There are five people for each team and four on the pitch and the goalkeeper. The goalkeeper, of course, can see That's the only person. And they have guides. Of course, the keeper itself is a guide. He can guide his defenders. And then you have one person per team placed on the middle line and one person behind the opponent's goal. And the pitch is divided into thirds. So the keeper directs his people in his own third and directly in front of him. And then we have that guide on the middle line who is responsible for the middle third of the pitch. And we have the guide behind the opponent's goal who directs his attackers. Okay, how do they see the ball? They don't see it, but they hear it. Uh, there are rattles in the ball, so the football for blind football is not a normal football it's a little bit smaller more like the futsal if you know that mm. the, the football you play in indoor sports and uh, there are rattles in that ball and so they are able to hear the ball and of course they hear the commands of their guides and when they are running with the ball they have it right between their feet so like a, they, they, they build something like a triangle with their feet and then they are moving forward and in the end they hear the guide behind the opponent's goal and then they try to score a goal and that's pretty much is it but of course it sounds a lot more easy when I explain it than when you need to do it yourself. Well one, one thing that uh, we also should mention is the fact that When you cannot see, you actually cannot see if somebody's rushing into you. So how, how do they avoid nasty crashes? Because blind football can be played at some pace, can't it? Yeah, it's quite fast. And uh, to avoid these crashes, first of all, they have uh, something on their head. So not a helmet, but some kind of protection. And if you move and you don't have the ball, you need to shout voy. Voy is Spanish for something like, I am going here, I am here, I'm moving, something like this. 
and they are all the time they are shouting or at least saying voy and if you don't do that it's a foul so you have two referees at the game and if you don't say voy and someone runs into you that's a foul if you do have a number of team fouls the opponent gets a penalty and so on so quite similar like in basketball for example um, but this voy is really really important otherwise you will have the most dangerous uh, accidents yeah so that's that's how basically how it works now I take it that you actually played blind football yourself and wrote an article about it some time ago. How was that experience for you? Because, um, <laughs> I mean, I've I've heard of uh, I've heard of martial arts uh, education where where they start off blind in order to you know be able to feel the movement and be have sort of a body awareness. And obviously, neither me or you have gone through such an education, so our body awareness is. Uh, well, not close to zero. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's 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 <laughs> not it's not that of a martial arts uh, specialist to say the least. So so how was that for you? With uh, you know, you know, you're used to seeing, and suddenly you couldn't, and you had to play football. How did it work for you? Yeah, it's been I don't know six or seven years ago, and I might need to say at front that we do have a blind football team at FC St. Pauli, and when they made an indoor tournament, they invited a team from the press to play against them. So we had some quite good footballers, including Roger Stills, who uh, was the leader of the youth academy at St. Pauli at that time. And now he is the director at Vaasland Beveren in Belgium and myself and some other journalists. And I would say all of us are able to play a little bit football, but we were totally lost. <laughs> so I think we were hammered for five nil in five minutes by uh, the FC St. Pauli team. Yeah, and the, the main important thing is you don't know where you are because you are simply just don't used to hear the guides and follow their instructions. And even if you hear it, you're not able to follow them. So uh, every time when St. Pauli scored a goal, I was quite happy because I was one of the attackers and the referee came took me by the hand and brought me back to the middle line so that I was able to do the kickoff. And the kickoff happened. I pushed the ball a little bit to my colleague and then I just heard some steps. The ball was gone and St. Pauli was in another attack and after <laughs> a few seconds they scored the next goal. Yeah, so it's, it's really impossible for you as a person who is not blind to play this game because he's simply not used to act without seeing anything and so therefore you might have control about the ball or on the ball when you have it at your feet and you're not moving <laughs> but when you start moving with the ball you're simply lost yeah i mean i was kind of struck by I, this weekend i spoke with somebody who has gone through that martial arts training that, that I just mentioned. And uh, I was sort of struck by the fact, well, wouldn't that be a good thing for young footballers to go through in order for to develop spatial awareness on the pitch? Might that be a next step in, you know, increasing spatial awareness of, of young footballers? Because football teams and, uh, you know, especially at a young age, football coaches, they always work on the spatial awareness of players and, you know, not being able to see and developing that sort of spatial awareness. 
like some players, they can play passes blind, like Xavi. Uh, what we, you know, he can play a back pass without seeing where, because he just knows where everybody on the pitch is. And, you know, to, to develop that skill, that, that would certainly give some footballers a massive advantage. So, I don't know. I mean, something can be learned from blind football for professional football as well is, is something that struck me when I was listening to to the martial arts guy speak about that. Anyways, that just being aside, you also want to referee in the blind Bundesliga. Yeah. So are, are there any sort of other rules that apply to blind football that we should be aware of before watching a match of blind football? Obviously, you mentioned the rule about Voy. Are there any others? Well, first of all, to be a referee, you need to be a referee in, let's say, normal football. This is, at least in Germany, that's that's the way it is. Uh, special rules, the main important thing, I think, is that as a goalkeeper, you just have that... Uh, well, it's it's not the five-yard uh, square, but but something uh, smaller. So I think it's one or one and a half meter in front of your own goal. You need to stick to that area. You are not allowed to go to step out of it. And if you do it, it's directly a free kick or even a penalty. I'm not sure. I, I haven't done all those rules I, I'd like to start next year with my refereeing job so I need to dig into it but that's the main important thing so you as a goalkeeper are not allowed to leave your goal apart from that the VOI rule is quite important and the rest it's more or less the same like normal football you just play the ball you try to score a goal and yeah that's the lovely part of football it's quite easy you, you might need to mention there are walls on the side of the pitch so there is no ball going out of the pitch unless at the sides of the goal. So there you have it. But on on the lines at the side, the ball can't go out of bounds. Mm. You mentioned Sao Paulo being uh, heavily involved in blind football. So how long has the club had such a team and uh, how have they been doing over the years? Yeah, maybe a little step into history. So as far as I know, blind football evolved in the 60s of the 20th century. Uh, but of course, it took some development to uh, also play a bigger role in Europe. And for Germany, the World Cup 2006 played a big role in that. In that time, um, also some tournaments took place. And in 2008, the Bundesliga was founded with six or seven or eight teams. And St. Pauli was one of them because we do have a big school or center for blind people or visually impaired people in Hamburg and so uh, there was a really soon a connection between those this school and the FC St. Pauli and uh, yeah we were one of this one of these teams who played in the Bundesliga and now there are eight teams in the Bundesliga and many many other teams of first and second division thought that well inclusion is a very big topic in Germany so it might be a good idea to bring a blind football team to your own club so next to St. Pauli we also have Borussia Dortmund, Schalke and Hertha BSC and Fortuna Düsseldorf involved in that league most of these teams were playing a part in the Bundesliga but with a different name so these professional football teams more or less 
integrated these teams into their club and you can always discuss that and um, see it from both sides but I think if you talk to the blind people themselves they are happy with it because it just raises the awareness and the attention on that league. Yeah, indeed. And, uh, you know, as I said, uh, Bundesliga clubs have been aware of the fact that a lot of blind people en enjoy going to football matches. And actually, Flo on the Fantasy Podcast, he's been uh, doing the commentary for visually impaired at the Weserstadion. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, the there's always an offer for at many Bundesliga clubs that blind people actually can listen to the match as it goes along and enjoy the atmosphere at the stadium, which I think is a, is a brilliant offer. And uh, every club should have that if they haven't already. I, I think if... Uh... Uh, if I'm not totally wrong, uh, you need to have it, at least if you play in the first or second league mm. at the moment. It's it's a rule that you need to follow. And for St. Pauli, we do have the AFM radio. So the AFM is the supporters department at our club. And they, at the very beginning, started with this radio for blind and visually impaired people. And at the moment, it's also the fan radio, so for away games. But it started as a radio for the blind people who attended the games at the Milan Tour. Excellent. Now, St. Pauli, they have a long history, and a relatively long history within blind football. And one of their players actually managed to score the goal of the month once. Do you remember that? Yeah, it's uh, Zerdal Celebi, or Zerdi, how we call him. And it was... If I'm not totally wrong, I forgot to look it up, but it, it was the uh, the final of the Bundesliga two years ago. So usually they play uh, uh, every team against each other and then they do have an additional final day where first and second place play a final and third and fourth and so on. Uh, and in that game, he scored, but unfortunately, they lost the final. So <laughs> he was quite heavy on that goal because he, I, I think he, yeah, ran around two or three opponents and then he just scored in the upper left corner. And it was just a beautiful goal. And it, it just raised the awareness on blind football in Germany because uh, the goal of the month in the sport show is a really, really popular event. And uh, yeah, in the end, he won that uh, goal of the month competition. But again, he was not that heavy because he just lost the final. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a competitor at heart, uh, like any footballer, I, I would imagine. Well, you mentioned the blind Bundesliga and, and the way it's set up. So you've got eight teams currently yeah. and they're playing each other once. Correct. Uh, and, and usually in the last couple of years, they always had that additional final day. But this year they changed the uh, competition and it's just one game against each opponent. I, I don't know why they changed it. Maybe Corona also has some impact on that because they try to reduce the match days in total. Um, but yes, we, on, on this weekend, on Saturday, we have the final game of the Bundesliga this year. It's staged in Bonn. Usually, most of the time, all those match days are held in one of the uh, cities of the teams that are participating. But once or twice a year, they do have a match day in the city center of any city. And uh, they do have an own pitch, which is uh, transportable. They can build it up. And uh, this year it will be in Bonn. And it's one 
game for every team. They also have uh, some uh, additional friendly games included of the people who have lost a leg or lost, lost an arm. So there's, there's an own league for that. And this is also happening in Bonn. And this season, St. Pauli did a great job. After six games, they have 16 points. Uh, the same applies to their opponents on Saturday. It's MTV Stuttgart. And they also have 16 points. And the reason why is they all won every single game unless the one on their opponents, Marburg. So these three teams won everything and they just drew against each other. So there will be a real final uh, at the very last game of the season. It's played at 4.30 p.m. and it will be Stuttgart against St. Pauli. If they draw, do a draw again, St. Pauli will be Deutscher Meister because they have the better, better goal difference. But I'm pretty sure both teams will try everything to win that game. Yeah, so it sounds exciting. And, and, and the way you describe it, it, it sounds like it's going in front of spectators. Now, how does that impact the players? To be honest, they don't like that city center match days. <laughs> <laughs> um, and of course, you need to understand that it's, it's so much louder. There are so many background noises who are not directly related to the event. There might be cars nearby, buses, uh, I don't know, many, many sounds. And of course, they prefer to be in a more or less silent environment. So two weeks ago, we had the match day here in Hamburg. Uh, and of course, we did have some spectators, some supporters. But of course, you don't have any uh, guys singing or, or whatever. But the, of course, if they do score a goal, everyone is cheering and uh, they do cheer themselves, of course, a lot. But during the games, they prefer a more or less silent environment. Yeah, but th those matches, surely they are also there to uh, raise awareness of, of this offer being yeah. being presented to, to blind people. And uh, where, where do you think blind football is going from here in, in Germany? Because uh, it sounds like... Eight teams. You mentioned five sides: Hertha, Düsseldorf, Schalke, St. Pauli, and uh, Dortmund being involved. Do you, do you think there's going to be an extension to the Bundesliga for the blind people? Yeah, maybe one thing that might be of interest is that we do have one team from a foreign country. It's uh, BSV Vienna. They do a part in the Bundesliga this year. In general, yes. I, I did an interview with our goalkeeper before the season and he said, well, we can also have 10 or 12 teams in the season. Of course, the more teams you have, the more match days you need. And for this big group of people, it's difficult to do all those journeys. So maybe with 10 or 12 teams, you will come to an end. But one thing that might also be quite important to mention is that in Germany, you are not only having totally blind people in that competition. We also have people with 40 or 60 percent of visibility. And that's the reason why they have that protection is not only on their head, but also before their eyes, so that it's sure that they don't see anything. They are even have stickers on their eyes to uh, avoid that. And this is a big difference to the international blind football, for example, at the Paralympics, uh, because to play in that international games, 
you need to be totally blind with just, I think it's 1% of uh, remaining visibility that is allowed. But in Germany, we don't have that. The reason why is a good one, to be honest, because we have such good health system in Germany that uh, we don't have that many people who are totally blind. And if you would say only totally blind people are allowed to play blind football, you won't have that many many teams because there are just not enough people who could play that. On the other hand, that also means that some very good people of that league are not allowed to play in the national team, on the other hand. Okay, that's the way it is. Yeah, I think that league will expand in the next couple of years if it will also be done by professional football teams. So if you take a look at that list, for example, Bayern Munich is missing. They came up with women football some years ago. They started to play basketball some years ago. So maybe blind football might be another step in the near future. Let's wait and see. I'm quite curious. Yeah, me too. And uh, you know what? I'm, I'll, I'll try to catch a few matches uh, when I can because this sounds like a really exciting, uh, you know, really exciting sport. You mentioned the national team there. Quickly, how's, how's the German blind national team doing these days? I think they missed the qualification for the Paralympics. Maybe one reason is what I just explained, that you might have some really good players in the league who are just not qualified to play in the national team. Uh, also, the history of blind football in Germany is quite young compared to other countries like, for example, Spain and Brazil. But yes, they, they, they are on a good way. It, it gets more and more professional, of course, also because of the Bundesliga. So we might get an improvement from that perspective also in the next couple of years. All right. Uh, if any of our listeners want to catch up on what's going on within blind football in Germany, where can they do that? Yeah, there are two websites, and I simply don't get the difference between of them. <laughs> <And> they <laughs> might also have a uh, cooperation. So one, the first one is blinden-fußball.de, and the other one—it's quite similar. Let me just have a look. It's blindenfußball.net, and and they. Both follow the league uh, on blindenfußball.net. You also have actual match reports. Blindenfußball.de is more a general one where also the rules are explained and so on. Yeah. And they do have live coverage, uh, at least commentary. I'm not sure. From time to time, they also have videos. But you will definitely find some very, very good blind football videos on YouTube. Excellent. And uh, you know what? I, I think I'll make sure that I'll, I'll, I'll post that uh, goal of the month to our Facebook site because it's a screamer yep. and it's, uh, it's, one of, it's a beautiful goal, which is well worth watching. Mike, uh, thank you so much for educating uh, me and our listeners on, on this very exciting sport that is going on within Germany. Truly a pleasure. Uh, before I let you go, tell our listeners where they can uh, find you on Twitter and where they can find your work. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter with Mike Kru and also to make sure that you follow the Milan tone. Excellent, do that. Uh, you can find uh, Talking Foosball at Talking Foosball. You can find me, Nick Wiltagen, at Norm Musings. Make sure to drop us a comment about this or any other episode. And uh, well, next up on this feed are the Fantasy Boys who give you all the information you need going into match day 10 of the Bundesliga. So stay tuned for that. Until next time, it is goodbye for now. <laughs>